So it's, it's a high bar that Alex Grinch is aiming for in year one. And when he said, the brand of USC determines, by and large, what the standard is. It's a lot higher than what we've done so far. There are no excuses. It just needs to get better. What needs to get better? Find out on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, don't forget, we are free. And I really do appreciate you coming for the ride. Uh, Without you guys, I'm just kind of talking to myself, wasting time. So if you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, uh, act like you're one of the Trojan defenders. Knock down that subscribe button. Hit it. Go get it. And if you're one of the people who just can't stand this face and just love hearing the voice, uh, again, you can listen to me wherever you download your podcast for free and give me your feedback at my Twitter at Mark Culkin. So it's one thing when Stanford does it, it, but it was Rice who kind of started exposing the Trojans' run defense or the lack thereof. Um, Rice, you know, they they punched USC in the mouth a few times on the ground, and then Stanford ran for more than 200 yards, including, you know, a an end around that went for 50 plus yards by the tight end. So uh, Grinch, USC's defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, you should both know by now what his role is and the name. Um, he said fixing those things, those big bursts. Uh, that's like priority number one going up against Fresno. The explosive plays. Uh, is it a mental error? Is it a missed assignment? Is it a combination thereof? Is it a mis- miscommunication? And and what all those things are. One, they're excuses if you allow them to be. And they're symptoms of what bad defenses do. End quote. Look, let's just be honest here. The kryptonite to... Uh, USC's offensive firepower could very well be their own run defense. Um, against Fresno State, it, you know, if the stars align where USC is making mistake after mistake, you know, with penalties, they had nine of them for over 100 yards against Stanford on the road. And then all of a sudden, they start turning the ball over, um, plus a run defense that can't stop the run. Uh, to use Alex Grinch's words, it's unacceptable. It's not good enough, and we know that. And it's something that we continue to evaluate. It leads to points, which in the end puts us in a situation where the offense has to score more. We're not fans. We can't be in a position where, where we'll be fine as long as the offense scores. So we have to be much better in the run game and in the pass game. Uh, you know, and, and I agree. You know, I suppose it really doesn't matter uh, if you have a poor run defense 
or a poor pass defense. You you, you need to be strong in, in you'd prefer to be strong in both, but you need to be strong in, with one of them. Excuse me, if you're weak with if you're weak on the other, and it, because a good coach uh, from the op, from the opponent, they're going to expose you for what you are, and they're going to make you figure out how to fix your issue. They're not going to fix it for you by going away from it. To give you a perfect anecdote to this, I spent my Thursday evening, and you're watching this and listening to this. First thing, Friday, because that's what you do with Locked On USC. You make us your first listen every day. I spent my Thursday evening watching Los Alamitos High School take on uh, Rancho Santa Margarita. As you know, you better know, uh, Los Alamitos High School has a couple of USC's higher-rated recruits, including uh, five-star quarterback Malachi Nelson and four-star, soon-to-be five-star wide receiver Makai Lemon. Um, Los, Los Al High School, basically, um, they neutralized their own pass defense by changing up and running the ball for the rest of the game. They're... Los Al's pass defense is what I would consider well below average, bordering on atrocious. I, look, you hate to talk about kids that way, but the first play of the game was 75 yards touchdown pass. I mean, and wide open. So at that point, um, and this has just been an ongoing issue for LaSalle this year. They have it; they, they just don't have anything on defense. Uh, they decided, you know what? We're not going to throw the ball. We're going to shorten the game because we've got our own strong running game. And I believe they're starting running back. Uh, his name is Damian Anderson. Ran for five touchdowns. And I don't know how many yards. But the final score was... 69 to 49. It was one of those types of games. Anyways, um, like I said, they don't have a pass defense. So instead of, you know, lengthening the game and throwing the ball over the field with Malachi and with Makai, uh, they just decided to, to use their running game. Uh, you know, the game ended, it was, it was a shootout, but at halftime, it was 42 to 36. So you can see what happened in the second half. Um, if USC doesn't want to repeat of their when they play Fresno State Saturday, seven thirty p seven thirty p.m. kickoff. Make sure you're there. I'm hearing it's going to be a pretty big crowd. Those two aforementioned uh, players from Los Al, they told uh, myself and Scott Schrader after the game that they will be in the stands watching. So uh, the recruits will be there as well. However, uh, if you were lucky enough to be at the game in 2005 when USC hosted Fresno State, or if you watched on TV, you remember uh, that was a shootout. And they better do a better job of, of stopping Fresno State's offense because uh, otherwise you're, you're going to have a similar type of outcome. And I don't know if USC has a Reggie Bush this year to uh, bail them out. So yeah, Alex Grinch is going to want to see his run defense really step it up at home this week. 
um, after their first two performances. I think it'll have their attention. Um, you know, real quick, on a side note, you know, I was really, you know, since the high school game was being played on a Thursday, USC plays on a Saturday, um, I'm sure Lincoln Riley and the staff will be out doing some recruiting uh, tomorrow, but I really thought it would be kind of cool if uh, not only he, but if the entire staff showed up Thursday night to this Los Al game to kind of show their support in the sideline for Malachi and, and Mackay. Um, but alas, no luck. So we'll assume that they just, they have their faces in the film, making sure that this team is going to be ready to play Saturday against Fresno State. Um, I know that the depth chart hasn't been made available to the press yet. So, yep, benefit of the doubt. That's why they weren't at the game. Um, they're making sure they uh, have all their I's dotted, T's crossed, depth chart is the way they want it. Done all the film analysis they can. So uh, there are no excuses uh, when they come out and play Fresno Saturday night. Again, kickoff 7.30 p.m. at the Coliseum. USC is looking to improve to 3-0. and And uh, if you need to find out what the latest spread is, head on over to betonline.net. The last time I checked, it was still USC, uh, quote, my favorite inside the Trojan huddle host, Greg Katz. USC is still favored by 12.5. Uh, yes, the Trojans are 12 and a half point favorites. But you know what else you can do over on betonline.net? Because they are your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. You can find all of your latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including uh, all of your NFL information for this week's games coming up. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. They are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm going to throw in a little, uh, we're going to stay on the recruiting uh, recruiting tangent right now. You know, I talked about at the end of that first segment there, hoping to see the coaching staff or, you know, Lincoln Riley at the uh, Los Al game. Uh, I teased this on yesterday's episode, but the Trojans have had a pretty successful week of recruiting this um, also. You know, they're the number seven ranked team in the country in the AP poll. A uh, couple of, you know, call them blowout victories. They lead the country with a plus eight and turnover margin. Everything's kind of coming up roses for USC early in the season. And uh, so, you know, earlier in this week, the uh, the teams received uh, a commitment. They actually finished the week with two commitments. And the week's not over yet, actually. So uh, the state of Oregon's, um, the class of 2024, their number one ranked prospect out of the state of Oregon is a tight end by the name of Joey Olson, and he committed to USC. That happened, I believe, on Tuesday. Today is Thursday. Maybe it happened on Wednesday. The days are getting away from me. I apologize. Uh, but he chose USC over multiple programs, including Penn State, 
Oregon and Washington. What's nice about this is on June 20th, Joey took an unofficial visit to USC and he had planned to uh, return for another visit at some point. So there's no doubt that the fast start to the season, excuse me, uh, with the way the offense is rolling, definitely led to his uh, early decision. And I know that uh, our friends up there in Eugene weren't happy when this news broke, but Hey, there's a new sheriff in town. You guys had your opportunity. That window is closing really fast. So uh, we're. Sh- I'm sure Dan Lanning will get it turned around real quick, right? There you go. Because, um, again, there's nothing wrong uh, as far as USC is concerned with keeping Oregon's recruiting, wondering when will it get better? Because all signs are pointing to USC trending up. Not getting that same vibe from uh, our Pac-10 plus two brethren up there in uh, in the state of Oregon. And, you know, USC wasn't done getting a recruiting boost. Uh, Thursday night, during halftime of his own high school game, Sam Green announced his commitment to USC uh, he plays at St. Francis Academy, Baltimore. <clears throat> and they were playing uh, a team from Florida, Venice. So uh, it was a quick announcement for Green, uh, who said he's taking his talents to Cali and caught a hat thrown at him uh, from off camera. It was a real quick type of thing, but definitely planned. He said, uh, quote, Coach Sean Nua, the players, they just feel like home. I love being around a family-oriented coaching staff, and that's what they really are, end quote. Uh, and then he went on to say, Riley, I'm coming, baby. Um, and then Green said, as a, he said that as he was kind of signing off, um, make, as he was, you know, getting back to the team, going, you know, had a game to play. So <laughs> kind of threw it up, fight on, uh, I'm coming, baby, Coach Riley. And that gives, you know, with Green and with Joey Olson's commitment, that gives USC a total of 17 for their class of 2023. Um, you know, other schools that were starting to show interest in Sam Green, or at least their interest was starting to be uh, renewed. This happens a lot when USC uh, gets involved. So Miami, Oklahoma, Ohio State, they were starting to uh, reevaluate Green. Uh, who isn't currently ranked in on three's consensus, uh, but both on three and ESPN list him as a three star. Um, when I say he's kind of experiencing, uh, and you'll want to get the full story. Head on over to wersc.com. Scott Schrader, uh, he's got a couple stories written on both Joey Olson and Sam Green, but I'll give you the uh, the Cliff Notes version of this. Uh, the reason why he's experiencing a, a resurgence in his recruitment, so to speak, um, it's because there's been rumor that maybe there there might be some issues uh, with Sam trying to, you know, qualify. USC feels very confident that Sam's going to be just fine, and that's why they are willing to take uh, his offer 
or his, you know, his commitment, <laughs> um, which proves that it is, it is a committable offer. So as long as everybody takes care of their business, um, USC might have found another one of those uh, positions of need, defensive tackle. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, some of the teams that uh, that Sam chose with his commitment to picking USC. Again, Penn State was involved, Boston College, Texas A&M. So uh, when he was asked why he picked USC without even visiting campus yet, quote, just to feel like I'm at home, he said, I'm, I'm treated as one of the guys, not no favoritism, but just one of the guys and the environment has to be for me. The people from the head coach to the kickers to the trainers, everybody has to be one big family. That's what I love. I love playing for a family-oriented coaching staff because I know that they'll treat me like family, end quote. Look, if you don't know by now, one of the uh, things um, USC loves to promote is the Trojan family. It, it is a big selling point, and it sounds like they uh, they did they sold it well to Sam because he's all in and he hasn't even he hasn't even visited campus yet and he does plan to so um just to kind of tie a bow on this whole recruiting thing earlier today this morning uh we had our zoom conference call with lincoln riley after their thursday practice where they get mentally strained um, so they can evaluate the depth chart for this week uh, i asked uh, Coach Riley, you know, one about how you guys are balancing all this, the early success you're having, you know, just after two games, you know, uh, you, you kind of uh, alluded to it after the game that you might have taken your foot off the gas a little bit. Travis Dye said that, you know, uh, they're learning how to handle success. They could have handled it better. Uh, they definitely felt that, um, at least from his perspective, that uh, they took the the foot off their gas when they were up big. So, but I asked, I said, you know, how do you handle that and make, you know, maintain it? And, you know, the first thing you said was you want to make sure the team can enjoy their success, but you also have to remind them that, you know, you, you can't over enjoy it. But the, the second part of the question was, have you seen a recruiting boost because of these two wins and this early success so, so quickly? And he said, absolutely. Uh, you know, and without a doubt. So, and I think the proof is in the pudding. You know, you get a couple of commitments. Uh, what do they say? The chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak. So there you go. As long as USC is winning, good things are going to continue to happen, both on the recruiting front, the team is just going to continue to build confidence. And when the USC football train is rolling, just chugging along, from winning on the field, recruiting, having the right culture. And we're going to get to that here in, in a few moments. It is literally in an, it's almost an unstoppable force. You know, everybody talks about LA being a, a Dodger town. Yeah. They just wrapped up their ninth Western division uh, crown in 10 years. The Lakers, the Rams won the Super Bowl. You got the LA Chargers. I am here to tell you, I've, I, 
I've witnessed all of those. I'm a diehard Laker fan. I used to have season tickets when they were at the Great Western Forum during the Magic Johnson years. Um, I'm a diehard Dodger fan. When USC football is winning, and when I say winning, I mean owning the city, uh, those pro sports take a backseat. So I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. Let's hope that and main let's hope that this early success can maintain itself and continue through these next ten games, starting Saturday with Fresno State at seven thirty. So, how do you build culture? Well, you obviously you want to start with the right people. So, Lincoln Riley said that um, during today's uh, Zoom conference that they seriously evaluated each player they took from the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, He said that they avoided guys who were, quote, me guys versus guys who would help build a positive culture. And then he went on to single out, you know, guys like uh, Travis Dye, Shane Lee, Eric Gentry, Makai Blackman. Excuse me. Those were the transfers that the staff, uh, that the staff, you know, they really felt confident, really high on about getting that culture shift built, started and rolling right away. These are the type of guys that other players gravitate to and listen to and will follow, whether it's, you know, verbally or just by, you know, wanting to imitate their actions. It's real important. Um, One of the nice things, though, is USC already had someone in that locker room before the transfers got here. One of the first players that Lincoln Riley was introduced to when he got to USC back in November in 20, of 2021 was starting right guard Justin Dietich. Uh, and this this is, again, from, from head coach Lincoln Riley. He said this. Uh, he said that Clay McGuire, USC's offensive line coach last year, he brought Justin Dietich up to him as... Uh, the first practice that Riley was hired at for, and McGuire told him that Dietrich was the toughest dude on the team. Um, I can vouch for that. Uh, the guy pulls 18 wheelers during the off season. Right? <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys who just, he, he would go do the strongman competition just because he's bored. Uh, but he's not just physically strong. He is also mentally one of the strongest, one of the strongest guys on this roster. Has been since he's arrived at USC. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's finally <clears throat> with the staff getting his just due. He had it last year as well. Uh, Clay McGuire was, you know, his biggest fan. Um, guys like Dietrich are are. You know, Riley said, Dietrich are are who they want to build this team around. He is like literally the foundation. So the anecdote that I want to use for that is, and I brought it up, but I'll I'll, I'll remind everybody again, the Cal game last year, last game of the year, it had gotten rescheduled. Um, COVID had gotten away. And look, we know how USC's football season went last year. Um, a lot of us in the media were even questioning why this game was being played at the end of the year 
when it was determined that neither team was going to be going to a bowl game. Um, and it was just like, why put the teams through the motions? And, you know, every time you step on the field, you're, you're risking injury. So a lot of the players on USC's roster did not want to play that game. Um, it was literally like a, there was a mutiny going on. And <laughs> Justin Dietrich literally had to leave the practice field where he was getting his initial warm-ups going before practice starts. And he had to go back into the locker room and literally just lay the law down and told the guys, hey, whoever doesn't want to play, get the F out now. The rest of you get your butts on the practice field. Let's go. We got a game on Saturday. They have the game. They played. They lost. Bottom line is, though, um, you need players like Justin Dietrich. I mean, what does it all mean? Without him, uh, I, I guess the big thing that, that I would continue to this is from Lincoln Riley. Quote, the big thing that I would continue to say is just that the culture, the buy-in, the attitude has been what I had hoped it would be. And up to this point, I would be lying if I said that it hadn't it hadn't maybe exceeded my expectations a little bit. Uh, that goes back to the players that they brought in through the transfer portal, the players who stuck it stuck around that they felt were going to be a positive influence on this team, that were willing to buy in, put everything that happened one, two, three, four, five years that they've been at USC behind them and just get on board. And, you know, if Justin Dietrich is going to be one of those guys that help pull, if not the 18-wheeler pull, you know, 30 guys, 40 guys along with them who were who here, as well as the new uh, the guys who joined them, join the team via the transfer portal. Uh, this is this team is going the right direction. They've got the right foundation built. And it's going to just be a huge benefit for that 2023 class. Uh, so when they arrive and when more guys arrive via the transfer portal, um, that and they have to go through that vetting process, there'll already be more people in place to help Lincoln Riley and the Justin Dietrichs and the Shane Lees um, go through that same process, making sure that the right guys are a part of this team uh, because there's a, there's a, there's a special feeling going on right now. And uh, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Nevertheless, um, let's, uh, let's get by Fresno state. Everyone's feeling good again. They didn't end the, the game the way they wanted to at Stanford. And that's going to be advantageous uh, coming back home. They're going to want to make sure that they play four quarters in front of hopefully a packed crowd at the Coliseum for their third game of the year, improve, looking to improve to 3-0. And then we'll see where they move up in the polls. So uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. But I will be back again next week for another Five episodes, because that's what you get with Locked on USC, five days a week. All the Trojan news and notes that I can give you in 30 minutes or less. And then when you're done listening to Locked on USC, I know you're heading on over to WeRSC.com. 
because that's where you're going to get all the stuff I can't talk about for free. But there's some good stuff going on. I gave you some nuggets on the on the recruiting. So uh, head on over there, get some uh, context behind it all. And again, we're going to have all of your game recaps going on. I'll bring it back here next week. We'll talk about what happened with Fresno State. But until then, you know what to do when you hear FO. Throw it on up there. Raise them up.